And energy and attention may be interesting words to think about. The first thing about energy for me is the appearance that sometimes energy is there and sometimes it's not. Yeah. And then the necessity of paying attention to Sometimes you just need to be attentive to your energy levels so that you don't push yourself when you shouldn't really push yourself. Exactly. Yeah. It's not as though you're lacking energy, but energy needs to be used in different kinds of ways at different times. Like you said, you have to pay attention to your energy. And it's not just a, it's in some cases it seems it appears to be a quantitative thing, have more energy or less energy. And almost invariably when you change the attention that you're giving things, the energy stops being too little and becomes plenty. And then if it stops being too much, it becomes, you know, appropriately less. But it's a matter of your attention and how you're directing your energy as opposed to some kind of quantitative, I've got one half gallon instead of one gallon. <laughs> yeah, right. So my energy this week has been fairly constant, but it is not at a level I'm happy with because I'm, I feel like I need more stimulation and I can't really get it. Stimulation in the sense of, like, motivation or inspiration or? Well, just uh, to be stereotypical about it, I'm, I'm Gemini that needs to be moving around and doing stuff, seeing people. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, so when that doesn't happen, then it's like, um, I don't know, maybe I'm constipated or something. It just doesn't, I don't yeah. have the... Uh, it's, it's interesting that the first definition in Webster is force of expression mm. or utterance. Uh -huh. The force of expression, and if your force of expression is bottled up or blocked by circumstances like inability to go outside and see people or inability to make contact with people, you feel sort of constipated. Yeah. So your energy, energy wants to express. That's its issue. That's its deal. Energy's intention is to express itself, to move. Mm -hmm. I wonder what that comes from. It comes from Latin having to do with work. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, that's definitely energy out, isn't it, when you plow the yeah. field? Yeah, in work or at work. Hmm. So energy is doing. Yes. Accomplishing. Yeah, the word that hits me with that is engagement. It's engaged, you know. Energy is it's not energy if it's not engaged. Right, or it's not applied. Mm -hmm. That takes me on a real head trip <laughs> about <laughs> energy and engagement where you have... Uh, I mean, because what I was thinking about is, is that even if you go to, like, your chemistry class where they showed you, you know, the transformation of a molecule into another molecule, and it shows that when that happens, there's this little arrow that comes out with the E over it. Yeah. And um, that... Release of energy. Ind indicates energy moving in a certain direction. Right. And it's like that if you look at the physical universe, just in even normal physics, that energy is always it's always doing something, you know? It's, it's always moving from place to place. There's, it's always happening. Yeah, energy is always expressing. And it, the universe is never without energy. And what is it? One of the laws of thermodynamics? Conservation of energy, yeah. It's never gained or lost. It only changes shape. Right, right. So the force of expression, the force is always at hand. The proper expression may or may not be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get, uh, like, somebody on your phone call that won't shut up. Right. And you get somebody else who won't talk. <laughs> so, <you just laughs> so we talk about being short of energy. It's really not, we're not short of energy. Yeah. We're just, we're, we're overlooking a suitable expression, which I guess could apply to something like, you know, I'm, I'm short of energy, I'm going to lie down and take a nap, which may be the expression that needs to take place at that time. If energy has been expressed another way for some period of time, perhaps it needs to cycle back around and find a balance.
And so we express energy through through taking a nap. But then sometimes you, if you get in the idea that any lack of energy means I need to take a nap, that may not be the case also. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that energy, when you're feeling kind of down, like in the middle of the afternoon, you're, you're, uh, you've been working an office job, right, like I do. Right. 2.30 or 3 o'clock, all of a sudden there's this lull. And it's not necessarily so that I need to take a nap. What I may need to do is take a walk. Right, right. So in some ways, using energy creates more energy. Right. And so in intention, attitude, other kinds of factors come into play in terms of whether energy is brought to the fore where it should be in expression or whether it's just kind of clouded over by a different state of mind. I was thinking of a story that Thane told in class, and it's, it's a kind of an iconic story. It's, it's the uh, guy who comes dragging in from the end of, end of his workday, and his wife says, Hello, dear. How are you? And he says, oh, I'm just exhausted. God, what a day. I'm just completely shot. And she says, well, would you like for me to make you a cocktail or something? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Go ahead if you want to. Are you ready for dinner? Oh, no, I don't really feel very hungry. Then the phone rings, and an old friend of his has just stopped at Tan Town at the airport. It was a former girlfriend of his, and she says, I just stopped into town. I've only got 20 minutes. Wondering if you want to have a cup of coffee out at the airport. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Suddenly... You bet. I'll be there in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly there's all the energy in the world. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? So attitude or outlook is such a big factor in, the, in how energy winds up being measured in terms of our experience of it. I, I had an experience like that, as a matter of fact. Oh, did you? Yeah, I was flying to, um, to Florida. I was working for a space age publishing company, and my boss had very generously arranged for me to go and cover one of the space shuttle flights coming on, going out of Florida. And you know, that flight from Honolulu to, I guess I went to Los Angeles, and then from Los Angeles, there was another flight that went to Florida. Right. But, you know, that's that even a cross-country flight is a long haul. Yeah. And I'm used to getting kind of worn out on those trips, even just sitting in that one tiny little seat for that many hours. But in this instance, there was a very cute woman who sat down in the seat next to me. Mm-hmm. And we got to talking, and we talked for the whole flight. <laughs> and I came out of that flight completely alert, completely. <laughs> yes. You know, so it is interesting. We're, we're getting this connection between attention and energy. So what, if there's something right. that really grabs your attention, yeah. The attention, attention unleashes whatever energy is needed to take care of business. Yeah. Yeah, so attention and energy go hand in hand. So attention is we could say is a form of energy then perhaps. Yeah, it certainly acts as uh, uh, an energy generator when you when you direct it. I mean, so it, so they are connected. Yeah, the energy has to be present because energy is never not gained or lost. And the attention that you're you're giving to something this creates a a vacuum of a sort, creates a need for energy which will always be there. I was thinking of a time when I was competing in a, not an Ironman, but sort of a 10-man triathlon down in Redondo Beach, and it started out with a, like a half-mile swim out to a buoy, and then, then there was a 27-mile bike ride following that, and then there was a 10-mile, not a 10-kilometer, 10 10-mile 10 run following that. So I sort of slogged my way through the half-mile swim and uh, went out and got on my bike, and it was down in Redondo Beach, you, you're in the area of Palos Verdes Peninsula. And the peninsula, as you recall, is, of course, a, sort of a, it's got a promontory, it's got a bit of height to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so part of the bike ride was climbing up over the peninsula's peak streets there. 
Oh, God. So I was starting up the incline on the bicycle, and sort of pretty soon I had to stand up on the pedals, you know, and just kind of keep cranking. And so I just kept telling myself, energy is moving with equal ease in all directions. Energy is moving with equal ease in all directions. I just yeah. put my attention on that, that energy being infinite must be moving with equal ease in all directions. And I just, suddenly I was over. Wow. And it was about a three-mile grade, about three miles of climbing. And then suddenly I was over the top and going down the other side. You know, in fact, it wasn't until about halfway through the run that the salt water still in my stomach from the swim started catching up with me. <laughs> and I dragged myself across the finish line. Not only non-record time, but of a group of probably 300 participants, I was probably somewhere in 260, 270. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't something you're going to get a lot of bragging rights for. <laughs> but I finished, and that was the main thing. But that was a very interesting part of it, the part that was really instructive, and that was to just focus my attention on the all-presence of energy. And so it had to be moving it with equal ease in every direction, up, down, back, forth. And more, the more attention I paid to that, I mean, literally, I just blasted right over the hill. Wow, that's a that's a great story. Yeah, but but without trying to blast over the hill. Well, exactly right. You were it focused moved. on the energy. Yeah, just focus on this. What an interesting thought. Infinite energy moves with equal ease in all directions. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I feel a little better having said it a few times. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you put your attention on? That's where the energy will go. And again, and the guy in the joke, of course, was putting his attention on being a completely exhausted worker at the end of a day with no energy left to do anything until the until the old girlfriend called. Yeah. Where do you put your attention? So, well, first of all, in order for you to make that statement when you were doing your, your ride, you had to have an understanding of infinite energy being equally available everywhere. Right. So to get there first, I mean, that's one level of discernment, right, where you, where you become aware that in the all-beingness of truth, the, the, that which is so, beingness is inexhaustible mm -hmm. and that therefore therefore energy is inexhaustible and from there then you can focus your attention on that because you've arrived right. at it yeah yeah that was certainly a um, an exercise in using uh, conclusions that i had worked my way through to before in class you know certainly familiar familiar with the idea of infinite energy because in translating of course we arrive at the place where beingness which is an all there is to energy has to be all there is. Being all there is, it's inexhaustible. It's everywhere as easily present as it is everywhere else, easily present. So all presence is the one presence. So yes, there was a, a discipline that preceded the revelation. The discipline was doing translations, doing the workshop work. And then when I was in a situation where it really meant something in terms of the immediate, apparently physical situation, by focusing attention, I realized that the, the focusing of the attention was what was real. What the attention was focusing on there was what was real. Right. And that the other version of focusing on how tired I am, this out of the other, was just never never part of the equation. It was never part of the uh, conversation, so to speak, because I was starting with the premise of infinite energy. And the only way the conversation is going to go if you're talking infinite energy is the, is the way of infinite energy, which is, which is absolute ease. You know, there's an attitude issue here that I would like to talk about a little bit. There's a great little book that one of my friends gave me one time years ago. It was a book of essays by the uh, New Yorker correspondent who used to, he was the correspondent from Paris, and he would write about food, A.J. Liebling, I guess. Yeah, A.J. Liebling is the guy's name. So for years, he had a New Yorker column about Paris and about the food in Paris, and he was one of these guys that would start a meal with, you know, 20 oysters and then go on from there to the fish and, you know. <laughs> Right. You know, the, then the veal cutlet and, you know, having a glass of, having a bottle of white wine with the oysters and a bottle of red wine with the venison and, 
anyway, uh, one of the things that he was writing about was early in his, in his career, well, before he got into journalism, he was on a boxing team or he got into the boxing club at school. Mm-hmm. And he, he writes a sentence in this one essay that really, really grabbed me. He said, you do not go into the boxing ring with the desire that you get out of the boxing ring without sustaining very much damage. Right. You go into the boxing ring with the purpose of annihilating your opponent. <laughs> Now, this really grabbed me because I definitely was one of the guys that when I was in the the gym and they wanted us to box with people, I was one of the guys that just wanted to get out of the ring without getting hurt. Yep. But I think about that with your marathon, too, or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. um, you know, athletic event. I mean, you don't go into one of those things with the attitude, well, maybe I'll make it and maybe I won't. Right. You you go into it with, I'm going to master this thing. I'm going to swim this race. I'm going to ride the bicycle, I'm going to jog this whole thing through, and I'm going to win. I'm going to triumph. Right. That's right. So I just want to say that I'm not a guy who has ever gone to a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I have avoided any kind of confrontation in the boxing ring. So I think that that energy in this case, you know, it's, um, uh, I mean, I'm really noticing an attitude problem here, right? So if, if and this really relates exactly to the kind of stuff that I'm dealing with with my work issue right now because um, I can't motivate myself to do things. And, of course, we're doing these things because we have to do them. But there's something else stirring. Some other level of energy wants to be tapped into. But that has to do with intention and at what level the intention is operating. The intention affects the attitude. The attitude affects how, you, how the energy is going to be available. I'm not saying that as a... That's something I just know. It just sounds it's a line of thought that seems to be compelling to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all tied up together, but it seems to me that, you know, we are talking about consciousness because we're talking about what is your attitude about what you're doing. Right, right. Then then your focus, you know, where is your focus based on that? And then that, that affects the, the energy that you feel, I guess. Yeah, because, sure. yeah. Sure, right. And I guess just bringing it back to covid there's so many people now who's sitting in their rooms, like myself, sitting in my, my home office, looking at the computer screen, talking to people on a computer screen, doing office work that you do on a computer, not connected or engaged with their fellow people that you work with. Right. And I think that that adds to this level of, um, okay, so it's a disconnection already because you're not, you're not getting the same kind of stimulus that you get when you stand in a room with a couple of people and you talk you're getting incredible amounts of information that never, ever come over a, a Zoom call. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you get little inklings of it from time to time when you see somebody's expression on a Zoom gallery of photos, but it's rare. It's really rare. And it's something you're used to having is just to be part of the energetic process. Then that helps clarify intention. And that, in turn, then uh, clarifies or sharpens attitude. But the, without having that the energetic feedback, then you're process gets sort of stuck in the sense of wandering around in the wilderness not knowing which way is which way to go next and certainly during the covid situation we're all in some ways not sure which way to go next yeah that's for sure we're not because it seems to be as pervasive as covid is it affects every decision we make in terms of what will i do next or what will the next step be so how energy and how intention how attitude how focus expresses or gathers energy uses the energy that is present nonetheless is really very confusing for a lot of us right now yeah and that takes up a lot of energy <laughs> yeah that well it just seems to corral a lot of energy 
and apply it in ways that don't get you a feedback that you're looking for or hoping for, expected or unexpected. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, the um, looking around, trying to figure out what comes next is just, um, it just burns up a bunch of stuff and it doesn't give you anything back. Exactly, exactly. You burn the, burn the candle as bright as it'll burn, but it still doesn't reach into the darkness. And we, there's something in us that doesn't know how to just be present and stay present right here and have that be satisfactory. We need, we need to answer the questions that come to us. And this is a great, great big question that we need to answer. Something in us needs to find the answer. Something in us as humans. It's a big question with many different layers, and we are the kind of creatures that just want answers to questions. I mean, and there, it's because there is somewhere in consciousness an answer to the situation. And when we're stuck wanting that answer, not being able to get it in the way we're used to, we get very frustrated, very confused. And in a way, those are indicators that there's an answer that's profound and affects all of us that we haven't come upon yet. And that's what COVID-19 is doing. We're going to have to really change our attention in a big way to unlock the answering experience that COVID could be. It kind of goes back to, we hear frequently from people saying that, you know, a, a new identity for mankind is needed at this time. Somehow or another, the, the identity that mankind has come up with uh, up to this point can't answer this question. I mean, it may come up with a vaccine, which will be some way to make ourselves a little less vulnerable systemically to the deadly effects of this. But there's an answering experience that's out of our reach until we change our intention or change our attention profoundly. So I think attention and where we put our attention is the key to the future and the key to releasing all of the energy that's being so pent up. Right. So just to kind of wrap it up for my own satisfaction. Yeah. The identity that is capable of responding to this uh, crisis is the identity of where it came from, which is to say infinite being. Right. You know, we uh, try not to toss around words like infinite being very much. But, you know, as we've said before on these conversations, uh, the experience of the virus, the biology of it, the chemistry of it, all of it comes from the same place. Mm-hmm. It's just a different kind of intelligence operating. That's what the virus is. It's it's a piece of intelligence that's operating. Yeah. And so what I'm getting at here is to just for myself wrap up the idea of paying attention to the infinite source that is the only way to respond to this. Yeah, it's right. It's the only way to really comprehend this virus. We have to adopt the identity out of which this virus emerged in order to comprehend the virus itself. We can't stay apart from that source because anything short of that source or different from that source is incomplete, is not comprehensive, and cannot understand this this phenomenon that's going on. Yeah, that, that says it. Yeah. For me personally, it means attend to your true identity. Attend to that which is your ultimate cause. Tend to the infinite energy that moves equally with equal ease in all directions. 